This is the Medical Republic. My name's Felicity Nelson. So I'm working remotely from Bundanoon today. It's a little town in the Southern Highlands and it's pouring with rain, absolutely soaking wet with hail coming down and you can hear the thunder. It's really quite a relief for the people of this town, uh, which includes my mom actually. <laughs> Just a fortnight ago, this town was hit by the worst fires they'd seen since the 1960s. We had a drive around the neighbourhood yesterday and a lot of it's still green, but you can see parts of the town have just been blackened by fires, licking at trees and coming through the hills. I think that it's bouncing back now, even though it's... See, look at all this. Fires everywhere. Fires absolutely everywhere. Imagine when this is all on a light. It's a dragon breathing fire coming out of the bush you've got to fight it back and, and then it comes again at you and then you fight it back and then it comes again at you you know it's the way uh, the way they were describing it up here was a very good analogy where are we going now uh, we'll go to Penrose I think the we drove out to Wingelow yesterday uh, which was even worse hit than Bundanoon you could see the remains of houses which was really just twisted burned corrugated iron sort of falling outwards um, and cars that looked like a bomb had gone off and all the paint had peeled back um, and a whole forest that was just black um, it was quite amazing so I'm just about to pop in the car and drive over to Mittagong which is about 40 minutes away it's uh, another town in the southern highlands a slightly bigger town um, I'm interviewing Dr Rebecca Hoffman so she's a GP in Mittagong who wrote a piece for Ozdoc about how emotionally shattering the experience of working through the bushfires was. Um, during this, this series, I think you've seen that communities are really turning to their GPs during these disasters, not just to, to get some of the scripts that maybe they lost in fires, but um, also for emotional support. It's a lot to carry on your shoulders, and Dr Hoffman's been particularly outspoken about this burden. Um, so let's see what she has to say. Everyone's been evacuated at least once. Mm. Um, some people have had their houses in imminent danger where they've been there hosing down embers. Mm. Um, others have left not knowing if they're going to come back to a house. But no one has lost loved ones or lost property. Mm. And what about some of your patients who are coming, coming in? Do they have stories of facing yeah. fires? <laughs> yeah. So I guess what hit me the hardest was... The days where people were evacuated quickly and where they had to leave just with their property and didn't know what had happened and they for me were probably the days that I'll remember the most where people had come in and everybody I saw that day had been evacuated and nobody knew if they had a house to return to most had slept because there was also quite a bit of confusion that day with where they should evacuate to because um, the local evacuation centre had also been evacuated so they'd had to move to a new evacuation centre and then with the weather change the new evacuation centre was evacuated and they all had to go back to the previous evacuation centre so no one quite knew where they should be going they'd all slept the night on RSL chairs because they didn't have beds um, they'd tried to leave with their animals but then I couldn't get anything larger than a cat or a small dog out and 
it's really the unknown of what they were going home to, if they were going home, um, that was really heart-wrenching for those couple of days. Yeah, it sounds really hard. And what do you see your role as a GP as being um, during those kinds of difficult moments? Mm. So I guess, good question. It's lots of things. So at the... In the immediate time, there was a significantly larger proportion of mental health than what I'd anticipated. Almost my entire day was managing acute anxiety and acute panic attacks, which wasn't what I had expected. I absolutely had been managing for weeks, if not months, before that weekend um, asthma attacks and bronchitis and acute respiratory problems which we were getting really good at here because we were seeing lots and lots of it. But the escalation in the mental health, which is purely just from uncertainty, was most noticeable. There was, of course, all of the minor injuries, so broken fingers, minor burns, people who climbed ladders that shouldn't have, that we were managing as well. But the mental health load was phenomenal. Mm. Um, and I saw the government it's, has put down sort of $76 million to support psychological services for people affected by bushfires uh, over the long term. Yeah. Um, I mean, that seems like a positive thing. What do you think about that? It, uh, access to funding is always a positive thing and the promise of money is always a positive thing. I am always personally quite cynical until I see what is actually happening on the ground because $76 million is a large, huge sum of money, but it for the individual who's at that point in time doesn't know if they have a house to go home with, it's meaningless to them on that day. Um, it will be immensely important for people from the Rural Fire Brigade and people who were in imminent threat of losing their house or who have lost their house in the future. But I would really love to see some of that funding to go to acute mental health services as well. On the Monday mornings, when people had then been evacuated for 24 hours, I actually just had 14 of my patients that were here waiting for me to open at 8am and they'd all just decided to walk up together to see me, which is lovely and very important to be there for them but hugely under-resourced in that I still had to see all of my other usual patients for the day plus all of the additional fit-ins and that's where I guess an acute mental health service would be lovely. I did have a quick question about um, electronic health records Mm. um, because one of the things they're doing in the Blue Mountains is trying to make sure that their especially their older patients put everything online so that they have their prescriptions yeah. where they have to be evacuated and they've got all that information. Um, did you have any thoughts around that? Sounds wonderful. <laughs> um, so in a slightly unique position at this practice because our practice manager does have issues with my health record and so we don't have access to it at our clinic. Okay. So we can only access it through our patients and I always encourage my patients especially of the population who are on multiple medications or on Webster packs or don't manage them themselves, 
um, to keep their own My Health Record up to date and their pharmacy absolutely should be as well. Um, but I can only access them through their devices with their permission. I can't access them through our system here. Sure. And what's the problem that your practice manager has? I, I believe I'm, I'm <laughs> going to say data security for being diplomatic. Okay. <laughs> well, no, I think that's that's I, definitely yes. something that a lot of people are concerned about. Um, well, thank you so much for making time that's to okay. come on the podcast. It's been really nice to chat to you, and I hope that Mittagong and you and your family stay safe over the summer. Thank you.